Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is. And on this particular podcast, we will be recapping the challenge season 35, Total Madness, episode three, A Hard Jay's Night. Oh boy. Ashley Brooke Roberts, before we get started, um, why don't we tell these fine folks about our Patreon? Hi, guys. We have a Patreon. We release two bonus episodes a month on that Patreon. We have one coming out tomorrow that we're very excited about. And an additional little gift to our Patreon subscribers, we will be playing a game of Guess Who? The Challenge Edition on the Patreon. This is not part of the regular two podcast uh, bundle. This is a little present because we um, are quarantined. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that's the $5 bonus to your folks. Make sure you're signing up for that if you can. That's Reality Blows Patreon at patreon.com forward slash reality blows and just to clarify we do have a homemade game of guess who with challenge members and the way we play is you can only ask challenge questions like would johnny bananas make this person cry and then you have to play accordingly you can't say does your person have long hair is your person wearing a hat we're gonna try and uh video this the best we can i don't know we'll see what happens but it'll be fun and uh excited to do it you know what ash without further ado let's go this um episode opens up at what is best described as sort of the food court common area there appears to be two common areas in this bunker we've already discussed there's the chessboard strategy common area where people seem to go and be alone to talk strategy and then there's this giant room that is um, a workout slash above ground pool slash cafeteria type common room and I, I it feels it's got mad cafeteria vibes for me i've seen people line up cafeteria style clearly uh dipping into buffet style buckets and putting things on a plate to me it seems like somewhere where like dads play flag football after work okay sort of like a members only type um, no just like an indoor soccer field or something is what you it feels like, like to call it a, you've called it a soccer field numerous times but the fact of the, the matter turf. is i think the turf is doing it for me they do eat there and there are cafeteria tables there i know but if you were to rent out an indoor soccer field and like say like let's put a pool in there and we'll do like a kid's party with like some tables and some pizzas that's what it would look like what should we call this the common area the soccer field no i refuse to call it the soccer field we can call it the cafeteria or the common i'm not calling it the cafeteria okay then we're gonna go with the common area i kind of feel like that the room where the two couches are is more um we're like that's the chess room that's the common area no it's not the common area because it's very rarely the common area because it's very rarely full of people mingling all right let's call it this the activities room Okay, so they're in the activities room, in the cafeteria part of the activities room, and it's a table of um, male challengers. We've got Johnny, CT, Kyle, Rogan, and they're all talking about the Red Skull dilemma that we discussed on this podcast last week, which we still don't really have an answer for. Nick, do you want to explain this dilemma? I mean, it was crazy that the first thing that I'm seeing on this show was like the main question I had last recap and our little bonus chat with Noah and Alyssa that we put out last Friday when we talked all about the challenge, we all had the same question. Like, what if there are more than one person in a tribunal that is eligible to be in that week's elimination? 
Are they going to vote? Are they just going to... How, how does that get decided? Like, My guess is that if there are two males and one female in the tribunal and it's a male week and both of the guys want to go in, then the female will vote and pick between the two. But if it's three dudes in the tribunal, I don't know what they're going to do. Exactly. And it has not been cleared up. So, uh, But Johnny wants to know. He, he He's just like us. That's when we get introduced to one of the main storylines of this episode, which is um, the J.D. Rogan triangle um it was hinted at pretty heavily last episode and in this episode it's safe to say it's in full bloom um they're really knocking us over the head with the j d rogan specifically d storylines i'm not opposed to it i do enjoy d I, I said it before i'll say it again she's a good competitor and she's messy which is what i'm looking for so this this storyline and the introduction of it was interesting because it was it was J and D flirting very heavily at one of these cafeteria tables in the activities room, and um, it didn't seem. And then it would cut to interviews with Jay, and he didn't seem too thrilled about it in the interviews. He'd be like, "Yeah, she's flirting with me," and it's like come on, like, I'm trying to keep a low profile here. Like, I don't want Rogan to get mad at me. Like, what's going on, you know? And then it would cut to Dee's interview being like, I'm trying to make Rogan jealous. And then it would cut to Rogan looking completely uninterested. Yeah, and I can't, I couldn't tell, at least in this scene, whether or not Rogan cared at all about the flirtations that were going on between uh, Dee and Jay. Um, I also couldn't really tell whether or not D actually likes Jay. I, I don't think that she does. I think um, she's in love with Rogan, and I think she wanted to make out with Jay. Yeah, but That's I think she, she wanted to make out with Jay based on the fact that, like, Jay would make out with him with her. Yeah. Um, because I bet you most of the other men on the show probably, you know, are not they're not rookies, most of the other men, and wouldn't want to get involved in, in, in such a, a scandalous... Uh, three-way uh, romantic situation. What do you DC? call that? A love triangle. You know? Yeah. And DC? they all like, probably, they seem to all like Rogan. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't want to do that to Rogan. So I think Jay was like a mark for D. I just, sorry to say, I just don't see D as, uh, as Jay as like a, as like a sexual being yet on this show. I gotta say, I don't either, but Jay has won me over um, in the past couple of episodes. But we'll we'll get to that. I can well, see. I'm not making any comments on that. I'm I'm saying I'm not saying that he hasn't won me over, but I am saying as far as a sexual being, Jay, not so much yet. And when I say he's won me over, I mean I'd make out with him. So I get it. I get it. Um, but. Basically, that's that's what we want you to get that vibe, that feeling. That's what the producers are giving us is something's boiling, but we can't really something's brewing, but we can't really tell what's going on. That takes us to the bunks where Anissa is just giving us, I don't know, a light distraction storyline, which is an interview where she's talking about Bailey and Swaggy's blanket. And this is just a moment of humor. Again, Anissa no storylines of her own so far and just kind of providing levity to the show. Um, basically, Bailey and Swaggy have a blanket with their faces on it. And Anissa was saying that it's weird, but she was doing it in a way where it's clear that they're friends. It's almost worse than what you're describing, Ash, because you're saying a blanket with their faces on it. That seems kind of fun. If you have a blanket if you and I had a blanket and are just our faces, you know, kind of collaged on it, that's goofy. That's fun. 
These are like memories and moments, like full on pictures from like their shared Instagram where like it's cute of them hugging, of them like sightseeing, of them like in their home together. Um, And to me, that's way more cringe. And then also (laughs) Anissa points out that one of the pictures is a picture of their of a picture of them it's they're wearing pictures (laughs) of them yeah they're wearing they're wearing shirts with pictures of them on it yeah on the blanket of pictures of them and you could tell anisa like wants the barf in her mouth um she just is not i don't think she's feeling the two of them as much as um as maybe they'd want Anissa to. I don't know. Can you? Would you say Anissa is throwing shade here, or what's happening? I would not. I would say Anissa was just trying to give the producers what they wanted, which was a funny sound clip. And the way she was doing it, it seemed clear to me that they're friends, and she doesn't actually think it's weird. It just seemed like Anissa was like, "Here's something I could comment on." She did say um, that uh, they'll forgive her for those yeah. things. Well, Swaggy will. I don't know about Bailey. Yeah. So that's interesting. That might be pointing out to something that might be indicating something that happens later in the season between Anissa and Bailey. Oh, a little foreshadowing, a little you foreshadowing. might say. Shadowing. Now, how do you feel if I told you that I saw online Here we go. that the blanket was a gift from fans? Um, makes me feel a lot better about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's also nice just to have any sort of an idea of who these people are, because in this world of the challenge, personalities can get, um, completely swept under the rug and you can have no idea. So this is just a little insight into this couple, which seems the insight seems to say they really are connected. That brings us to the bunks where Johnny is talking mad shit about Ashley. He has chosen Ashley as his target in this episode. In the room with him are Tori, Jordan, Nani, Kayla, and Johnny is just laying into Ashley. His big thing is that she is a shapeshifter. A shapeshifter, a snake. She's a snake. She has no real allegiance to anyone. She's an alliance jumper. She's got a great political game. He's going on and on and on. Johnny Bananas is threatened by Ashley Mitchell. We don't know that. A hundred percent we do. I mean, he didn't say that. He basically said it by making her his target. He is going after her, and this will happen throughout this entire episode of him going after her, talking shit about her, and it infuriated me. You hated this. I really did. Is it? Is it? Because you love Ashley Mitchell, is it because you hate bananas or is it a fine mix of the two? It's a it's a fine mix of the two. I don't hate Johnny is good TV, which is something I like. I like Johnny now. Yeah, I mean, my the reason I like D applies to Johnny, you know, good competitor and messy. You know, these are things that I like. But I I have a hard time with just like uh, completely. you know, very obvious bullying. What he is doing is he is actively isolating her from the rest of the group. And in, in that way, he's bullying her and he is attempting to, he, he's kicking her out of the, the herd. You know, he's pushing her to the side. He is saying, this member of our herd is got a broken leg. We've got to leave her at the river. You know, if cows could talk, that's what's happening. You see, you you mentioned this last night, and my issue with this is, ain't that the game, dog? 
Don't hate I the mean, player, hate the game, dog. You might have a point. You might have a point. I mean, this is this is part of Johnny's game. I guess it's just hard to see when a man is doing it to a woman, to be honest. If it was a woman doing it to a woman or a man doing it to a man, it would feel it would feel like a more level playing field. Shouldn't you feel like, hey, it doesn't matter man or woman, they are challengers, and not only that. She is a fantastic challenger. It shouldn't matter if they're a man or a woman, but they're challengers in a perfect world. But I don't know what show you've been watching, but the one that I've been watching, it is a disadvantage to be a woman. I've uh, Oh, yeah. Well, Ashley mentioned it herself. She's made more money than Johnny. She's placed higher than Johnny. A lot of these women have. Johnny has not played as well as m- most of these uh, champion women in the past few uh, seasons. So I kind of feel like... Johnny's almost at a disadvantage in this game. And to me, I feel like you can't, you can't. Johnny is at a disadvantage to this game because of his track record of being an asshole. Now, listen, are you trying to tell me that there's not misogyny in the challenge? No, of of course there's misogyny in the challenge. Of course there is. Okay. Yes, but I'm just saying the idea that Johnny is picking on Ashley and it we should feel bad for Ashley. I never once said we should feel bad for Ashley. You're I said it. I said I did not enjoy this. You didn't enjoy it, but then you're looking over at me being like, come on, you say the same thing as me right now. And I'm like, I'm not going to say those things. I No way did I give you that or feed you that or say that. I, I think that Ashley Mitchell is a good player, a good competitor. I can see why somebody would absolutely hate her and want her out of that house and would do anything they could to get her out of the house. She is a threat to people's games. And she also, when she gets drunk, she says very hurtful things to people, very hurtful things. So I think that uh, she maybe shouldn't be, you shouldn't be feeling bad for her. I feel like if it was a different woman that this was happening to. I didn't say I felt bad for her. I said I did not enjoy this. Like if this, this was made D, me uncomfortable. I didn't this was like D, this I would feel line. maybe bad. I would feel maybe bad. But I don't know. Ashley, I feel like she's just got to take it. Got to take those lumps. Got to mm. take those lumps, Ashley. I'm sorry. Mm. She has put herself out on the challenge like a really strong take no shit from anybody champion who's won a ton of money and at the drop of the hat will say some crazy ass shit and fly off the handle when you're putting that out there on this show i can't feel too bad for you when somebody calls you a snake in the grass what i would like from ashley is for her not to react to this and for her not to fall into johnny's trap and she is falling into johnny's trap and that was another reason why this storyline was painful because you see her sort of doing everything he's playing her like a puppet throughout this episode and that was also hard to watch so as johnny is talking about ashley in the bunks um we get a little interview from nani and she's kind of explaining why johnny is so intimidating she's like he has people's ear he can run around he can basically run a smear campaign and it it will work And that takes us to another set of bunks where Ashley is crying to Jenny about what she's just overheard. Oh, that's very important. While Johnny is saying all of this, Ashley can hear him. She's standing outside of the room. So then she leaves and goes to another bunk, meets up with Jenny, starts crying about everything she's heard Johnny say. She's she's very upset. She's trying to keep it together. And then Johnny walks in the room to put his loofah in the loofah holder. It's like a locker, kind of. It's like Very a odd. locker. Didn't see that coming. It does seem like people are locking up their loofahs. Johnny's like, what are you, what are you guys talking about? He immediately inserts himself in this. Once he, he is 
playing this so well and Ashley is falling into his trap, CT comes in and then CT is like, what's going on? And she and Johnny, Ashley's like, Johnny's saying all this stuff about me. And it seems for a second that CT is kind of defending Ashley. And then it all sorts of starts to erupt. Ashley, you know, she's has been holding back tears this entire time. Now she's crying. And then she leaves the room with my favorite line of this episode, make a fucking friend, you weirdo. Also, uh, CT calls Johnny rotten. Yeah. Because that's rotten, Johnny. That's rotten. Like Johnny Rotten, kind of. Yeah. Um, cool. And uh, yeah, I think this loofah locker needs to be explored a little bit more. What else are they locking up? And why are they locking up the loofahs? Because there's nowhere to put them. So they're hanging them up in a locker. It looks like there's a lock on it. Yeah. Are people stealing loofahs? Should you not have a loofah out in, in the atmosphere that they're in, in Czechoslovakia or wherever the fuck they are? But don't you also want loofahs to dry out? You can't just put a loofah in a closed, dark environment if it's wet because then it's going to grow bacteria. Also, they're, they're, they seem to be all drinking Heinekens out of cans. Um, and they are drinking both of both parties involved um are drinking heinekens out of cans during this scene guess what ashley's drunk as shit she looks real drunk in this scene and i think that is what's adding to the emotions why she's crying and talking to jenny now when what i find interesting is when uh you know ashley makes her exit and says why don't you make some friends you weirdo you fucking weirdo you fucking weirdo. Uh, that's when Johnny starts looking over at Jenny and is just like, what's going on? And Jenny just looks at Johnny and goes, I love her, but I don't trust her at all. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as Ashley feels as though she is like being, you know, marked as this person by Johnny to not to as a snake in the grass, as an alliance jumper, I don't know that this is news to anybody. And this is the other thing that I, I don't understand. Like people see the television show. Do you know what I mean? I, I I don't feel like Ashley is would be if we if we did a heroes versus villains season. Yeah, yeah. she's on the villain side. She is. I agree with that. But I don't think she's an alliance jumper. I think her alliances are pretty strong. And I think that what the deal is is that her alliances aren't on the show anymore. I mean, where is Amanda? Where is Shane? Where is Sylvia? These are people that. Uh, Ashley was in a strong alliance with the only person that I can see her making a change to was with the Cara and Polly last season. And they all spoke to that about how they all formed this, you know, friendship that came out of nowhere. So it's like calling her an alliance jumper is, is just a smear campaign. I don't really think it's based on fact. I think that her alliance with Amanda can go down and challenge history as one of the strongest alliances between two players. All's fair in love, war, and challenges. That brings us to the daily challenge. It's called Decode and Detonate, and it's going to be played as individuals. There will be two winners. There will be two winners of this daily challenge. It uh, involves puzzle boards, codes, and running. Basically, you have a puzzle board. You have to run to a key uh, keyboard, and not a keyboard keyboard, but a board that has the key keys to the code decipher your code put it back run back to your thing put the puzzle in the right code and then you can detonate this van and it yeah. explodes it, it's very exciting it also involves exploding a truck for some reason yeah. it makes no sense at all you could just cross a finish line they're really into just like like blowing things up blowing and wasting up. stuff yeah we're blowing up a truck and every and yeah. when they introduce like the trucks that they're blowing up like everybody's like yeah like yeah. So people are these meatheads are so stupid yeah that they think that this is exciting to blow I know. this truck I know, and then up. it's funny to think of like last 
challenge where it's like you're going to be dropping uh, war supplies out of a helicopter. It's going to be exploding on a pad. And then yeah. before that, it's like we've got medical supplies that TJ is going to be crushing with a tank. Yeah. It's very. It's total madness. It's total madness. And, you know, I just find this to be another flop yeah. of a daily. Boring. I'm sick of the go look for the key. Run to and, this, and run then to that. Find this thing and decode your lock. I'm sick of it. You know, over on Survivor, and I hate to be a new Survivor person, which I am. Never watched the show. This is our and, first season, and, and we are obsessed. And we're obsessed with which, it. Which, by the way, we haven't even discussed why CBS and Viacom, which are you know aligned companies, that Viacom is CBS's parent company, I think, or vice versa. Why they're showing a Survivor at 8 p.m. and Challenge at 8? Why are they putting their two best shows? Or why are they making them compete? It doesn't make sense. They avoided each other last season. This show was uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Now and they obviously have to... Survivor at eight, but now they're competing, which is annoying for us because they don't put uh, Survivor up immediately on that CBS All Access. You got to wait a day, but not the point. What I'm bringing up Survivor for is they do these little challenges, and every little challenge they do is so kind of exciting and detailed, and it's just tiny little games that they play, like on a on a beachfront. You know it what I mean? It almost feels like carnival games, but they are compelling as hell. They're really compelling, and I feel like that the challenge is like, we're going to blow it up with a monster truck, and it's just like, who gives a shit that there's an explosion on our television sets as if we don't ever see them? It's just like, I'm not watching the challenge for explosions. Like... Honestly, do a push-up contest. You know what I mean? Like, do something where I feel like there is... I can make sense on who's winning. Yeah. I understand. Like, these things are edited in such a strange way that I they could tell me whoever the fuck is in the lead, and I believe them. I can't tell. They have, like, this big map where they're just showing, like, people's names. Like, oh, he's going to key number one. He's going to key number two. And, like, oh, he's in the league. And it's always, like, the ending. And, by the way, let's just skip to the fucking end here. So who's the, who's the first person that wins ct ct wins right he's he blows everybody else out of the water no pun intended but then also you now you have bailey and this is bailey's win she was like i did this key and i looked over and jenny had one of the same keys as me and i was like well maybe jenny's is right and i put it on and i won it's just like it always comes down to like somebody kind of cheating you know it's like they're not even running around it's just like yeah i decided that i was just gonna look at the other person's key and then that gave me the thing and i ran over and i blew up the truck this is so boring. I tuned out immediately on this one. Immediately. I got a couple of points to make. One is that I don't know if Bailey cheated, but I do know that Two Kid Tony said that if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Okay? In the challenge. And second... I'm fine with cheating. I really am. But I just find it to be a boring way to win this challenge. And she did cheat. She looked over at Jenny's... I don't know if that's considered cheating. Yeah. But she looked over at Jenny's thing. She used her key on hers. And yeah. she was like, oh, she did get it right. I got it right. And then she ran and blew up the fucking truck for some reason. The second thing is that um, I completely agree with you. I mean, we like to think of the challenge as a sport in this house. And sports are usually fun to watch and easy to follow. You know what's going on. And this, they are making it difficult to follow or care about what is happening. Because it's going from a wide cut to a, a, an individual cut. And they're focusing on things like, I mean, the, one of the, the big 
plot points of this game was that Ashley Mitchell was saying her keys out loud. And it's like, I don't give a shit that that's happening. I want to know who is winning. What's going on? How long is this taking people? How long did they do this for? There is no edits in a Survivor daily, basically. You yeah. get to see the whole thing as it as it uh, uh, happens in real time. And you got the topper on here. Jeff Probst is like the play-by-play color commentary guy walking through this thing, talking to you about who's in the lead, and he's doing such a good job of it. I was going to ask you, do you think that that is why the challenge doesn't do this? Because TJ can't handle that? No, he couldn't call this if he wanted to. He'd need to be in a helicopter with a bullhorn, and he'd need to have three cameras looking at other things. I, it's 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 too much. Do them in groups, then. Yeah. Do them in heats. Yeah. Do, do something. If there's too many people on the show right now for it to be filmed in a way that is compelling and makes sense, then do it in two halves. Do men versus women. Do men and women. Do do something. Rookies, whatever. Just, yeah. I, I just hope this happens because I think the last one I kind of liked a little bit, that was one where they were dropping the thing. I guess I said on this podcast that I thought it was cool. I was basing it on the one before it, which I couldn't make sense of either. So far, I would say the dailies have been a dud. I'm going to say three duds in a row, <laughs> Three folks. duds in a row. Three duds in a row. This is boring. Okay, so basically, we already told you who won, but basically you just need to know that before um, we get we found out the winners, we were doing a lot of interviews with people. Rogan, Bananas, Swaggy, Jay, um, everyone was talking about their interviews, about how important it is to win this, to get in the tribunal. We're getting a lot of Johnny, and that's when I looked at Nick and I said, ugh, this is going to be a Johnny app. This is going to be a Johnny-centric app. Um, so it's a lot of people just saying, we got, I got to get in there. I got to get in the tribunal, got to play the red skull. And this is also when I looked at Nick and said, where's that other big brother rookie Casey, right? Casey couldn't find her. Um, don't know what's going on with Casey. Saw Jenna's face for like a half second during yeah. this daily. Get out of here, Jenna. I'm done with Jenna. I, she's not bringing anything she's not to bringing the table. Nothing. She must be just laying in her bunk. Yeah. I, mean, I find her to be, I find her moves to be boring. She was, you know, I, we'll get into Jenna later, but Jenna, I, you're on, you're on the outs with me, my dear. Um, that brings us to a commercial and I'm only mentioning this commercial because it was a front facing camera commercial with Maddie. Uh, took up her face, took up the whole screen. And she was telling us that there's so much we can do when we stay home and quarantine. Now, this is Maddie from the challenge and party down south and also Floribama. And she is just letting us know there's so much you can do. You can binge TV and you can work out outside. <sighs> so much you can do inside. You can go outside. I don't know. I watched I watched one of her um, Instagram lives, and she was like making food with her mom, and she seems like she's doing some good good work over there. She's uh, living with her mom right now, and maybe in Louisiana or some shit like that. I don't know what's going on with her, but not really seeing her ass on this show either. That is true. Okay, so we know that CT and Bailey have won, and they are the first two people in this tribunal. They have to pick a third. TJ says you've got to pick a third. They step, I don't know, two feet away from the rest of the challengers and have a very awkward conversation about um, picking the third. Bailey wants Swaggy in there. And CT is like, I don't want to give you guys that power because what if I want to go into the elimination? We know that that can happen now. What if I want to put myself in the elimination because it's a male elimination week and then you guys decide you want to put Swaggy in and then so the two of you just gang up on me and vote Swaggy in. What am I going to do? And Bailey's like, 
We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. You have to trust us. And then someone from the back line is like, trust the big brother. Every challenge person in the house is watching this conversation. And it was, it made me uncomfortable. And Nick was like, that's how it should be done. Yeah. I kind of felt like the un. The, the feeling of being uncomfortable was important here because this should be an uncomfortable choice now that we have all the information that the tribunal has a ton of power. Okay, people shouldn't just be like, yeah, yeah, I'll pick that person, I'll pick that person, like it was like last yeah. season where it was just like somebody just yelled out two names and they're like, I guess that's it. This should be some sort of a debate and it should get weird and it did kind of get weird and I think the way that this got most weird is that... um the fact that CT and Bailey have zero connection in this house. And you, I can imagine that at this point in the game, they probably haven't talked to each other much. So they don't really know each other. And then all of a sudden they're forced to work together in this way. And like they have to now have a forced strange conversation in front of the entire cast and crew. I mean, and the implications of this conversation could be vast for either player. So, what ends up happening is that... Hold on. Before you oh, get into that, yeah. I just want to say that Swaggy was very close to beating CT in this. So, you know, there is an argument that, like, you know, he was... If if it had been three places, he would have been the third tribunal, like the rest of the dailies had been. Also, with, um, with the Swaggy Bailey thing, it's very interesting because I'm pretty sure that was... Was, was Swaggy in the... Who was in the first tribunal? In the first tribunal of the conversation, Bailey kind of told everyone to back off um, Swaggy. I was going to call them Swaley. Bailey, I wonder if that's their couple name. It should be. Um, But Bailey in the nomination told everybody to back off Swaggy. And then in the second tribunal, Swaggy was in there. He protected Bailey. Now Bailey's in this tribunal. She's trying to protect Swaggy. They know that they need to stay in the house for a while before going into elimination in order to establish themselves on this show a very smart move yeah i don't know about him being as close to ct finishing wise in this daily means anything to ct yeah i mean you just you got to protect your alliances and mostly you got to protect your own ass and i think he was but honestly he gave them what they wanted so what happens is uh they talk and he, he begrudgingly is like Fine, but like if I'm doing this for you, you gotta do, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be, be nice that. to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? CT's like, okay, we'll put Swaggy in the tribunal to protect him from going into nomination. Yeah, but you gotta let me go in if I want to. But I get to call the shots. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're like, yeah, fine. Yeah. And so that that is our tribunal. That's Swaggy, our tribunal. Swaley and CT. That's right. That brings us to the house, the bunks. And Melissa is saying, why does everyone always want to put Jay in? Because now the house has to nominate someone to put in, and Jay's name is on the chopping block. And Melissa is like, why does everybody want to put Jay in? And Ashley says, I'm going to say Johnny. I'm not going to say Jay. There's a lot of pressure to say Jay. And the ladies don't like it. Ashley's going to say Johnny. That's when Kayla goes up to um, Corey and Nelson in the activity room, and she's like, just so you guys know, none of the girls want to say Jay. They want to say Johnny. And that cuts to a scene with Ashley now talking to Corey, Nelson, and Fessy. And Ashley's saying, I'm going to say bananas. And Corey's like, wow. And then Corey's like, I need to go talk to Wes. And they pull Wes aside. Which I'm like, wait, are Wes and Corey aligned? I don't know what that's about. I think they just think like, you know who would love to hear that Johnny's getting thrown in? Wes. Mm. Um, Little do they know. Because in, in my mind at this in this in at this point in the show, everybody knows about the quote-unquote unholy alliance between Wes and Bananas. 
But this shows that they do not. This shows that they do not. Exactly. We know about it because we're seeing these interviews and the producers are giving us this storyline. But this episode was a lot of people discovering that they are working together. So they go tell Wes. They pull him off to the side. Wes seems shocked and kind of looking around. Darting. He's not really saying anything here. Um, and then that brings us to nominations. And um, the house starts voting. Banana says, my vote is for Jay. And then Jay says, right back at you. D says, I like Jay. He's cute. I'm voting for Johnny. Um, then Fessy says bananas. Then Nelson says bananas. And that's when Jenna says, I'm going to burn my vote on Nelson. And everybody starts voting for Nelson. I mean, this is this felt Survivor-like. I hate, I hate to bring up Survivor. hate to do it, <laughs> and I won't do it anymore. But the the... The rapid rate in which people change their votes and things kind of flip under, even while you're watching the entire show, you're surprised you yeah. know, by it on Survivor is honestly what I love about it the most. And this was my favorite scene in the whole show was this voting. And honestly, I've been let down in the past couple seasons by the vote scene on the challenge. I feel like it used to be more tumultuous, more exciting, more filled with drama that I liked. And now the past few seasons, I just kind of feel like the way that people vote, like just like the... um like how the vote happens mechanically on the show has stripped it from some of the drama. Um, well, possibly. definitely last season when an alliance was running the season and they would go in for nominations, they'd be like, okay, so we're all agreeing Theo's going in. We're all agreeing Jordan's going in. And honestly, that setting they had of War of the Worlds 2 when they were sitting at that like strange table and yeah. doing their votes, like I understand how it like felt like it could add to the drama of it, but really what it did was make it feel... I don't know. It just didn't feel real to me. Them just sitting around a table in the common area of their of their home just voting to me felt feels vintage challenge and it just brings out like a vintage feel for me and this was one of those uh, times where i was like oh this is a great show you know yeah the the fact that they somebody bur who's the burn vote again on nelson so, jenna burns a vote on nelson jenna burns a vote on nelson and everybody just sees nelson and they're just like yeah i'll go nelson too and then all of a sudden it's like what the fuck nelson's now Nelson's uh, get, in the mix. Everybody's starting to vote for Nelson. Everyone starts pie. And this is when I'm like, man, Jenna is like, she's like, I we cut to an interview with Jenna who's just emotionless, not giving us anything. And she's like, yeah, I work with bananas sometimes. So like, I'm, I'm not going to vote for him. And, and like, then she's like, I, and I just don't think it's right to vote for Jay. That's what she says. Yeah. And it's like, why is, she, what, what is she bringing to this show? I'm confused. She's playing the game of like, sneaking around you know she like is that's not a, that's a game it's good for if this was just the game and it wasn't televised it's not good the fact that this is a tv show you know why do people think that being in an alliance with bananas is going to get them a win no one who has ever been in an alliance with bananas has gotten a win you you that could be correct you could be correct i don't understand that. why they think that that's a good good thing to do i don't know it confuses me this this um this really this nomination was incredible like nick said and it really comes to a head when all of a sudden nelson stands up and he's like listen i only voted for johnny because kayla came in the workout room and told me that everybody was gonna vote for johnny and then kayla jumps up and starts yelling at him and she's like i didn't tell you i was gonna vote for johnny i told you what some people were talking about no well she jumps up and says you fucking moron yeah doesn't she say you that? fucking idiot you fucking idiot yeah 
when Kayla jumps up and yells, you idiot, <laughs> to Nelson, I popped in my own home. I couldn't believe how funny that was. Just jumping up and calling Nelson an idiot makes me laugh, I guess. And the way Kayla was saying it, it was just so classic frustration yeah. to where you're just going to call somebody in a room a fucking idiot. You idiot. Yeah. That's not what I meant. You're stupid. <laughs> and that's why you think this. It was a bad move for Nelson. to. He got sweaty. He yeah. got his back. His back was pressed up against the wall. And so he jumped up and he's like, I didn't even, I don't even know why I voted for Johnny. Everybody's voting for Johnny. It was a, it was not a good look. And then you cut to like an interview with Corey and Corey's like, man, like I like Nelson, but he's a fucking idiot, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working with Nelson and I also am cool with Kayla. Like this sucks for me. Thanks, Nelson, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not the only time you get an interview with Corey where he's like, fucking Nelson, I man, know. in this episode. I'm pretty sure later in the episode he says that Nelson's ruining his life. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I love Nelson so much much for this i really do and I, by the way nelson's got new teeth nelson so, does nelson new, nelson new and it, they look good he, he he looks good i'm not saying these aren't terrible teeth but i i noticed this episode because there was more nelson in this episode than the previous two nelson got some work done on the teeth and good for nelson i'm glad for nelson and this goes back to what i'm saying about when i love when nelson has a friend in the house i mean it really brings out like you really get to see you know prime nelson and just having Corey there to bounce off of nelson's behavior is really Really enjoyable. So um, Kayla says, let me clear my name. She's trying to explain the situation. You know, she does call him an idiot a few times. <laughs> then she um, votes for Nelson. And then it seems like it's tied. And it's Wes's turn to vote. And then Wes, you know, everyone's like, Wes is going to vote for Johnny. Wes is going to vote for Johnny. Wes votes for Jay. And then Johnny and Wes make out. And then Johnny does a dumb and dumber quote. Yeah, so the way he... he he kind of couches his vote like, all right, I'm doing the math here. I'm seeing how things are folding out. And and the possum, the possum speaks and the vote is for Jay. He's been calling himself a possum. What's a lot. that about? Well, possum plays dead, you know. Uh. So like there is some he's basically telling 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 the rest of the challengers that his game right now is to hang back, kind mm -hmm. of. I'm not being like an, uh, a cobra i'm being a possum that's my gameplay and he kind of has been playing like he, he, even though he's clearly got a fingers fingers in a lot of in a lot of pies and a lot of challenge pies he has not um he's not on full attack mode yet he's almost on counter punch mode at this point and he knows that that's the way you know you got to get through the first half of the show in order to really start playing this game. Now, he also has the Unholy Alliance with Johnny Bananas, and I don't know if anybody else knows this, but he does not, he chooses not to swing the votes in Johnny Bananas' favor. No, he which, does swing it in Johnny Bananas' well, favor. Well, no, to get voted off. I mean, oh, to yeah. Get, you know, he does, he chooses not to send his vote there, which could, at this point, it was a, uh, a pivotal point in this vote it could have swung a lot more votes towards johnny yeah if wes had voted for johnny he would have gone in and so and if kayla had voted for johnny and if jenna had voted for johnny you know yeah. if a lot of people had voted for johnny but, but we all know that the mortal enemy of johnny bananas is a wes bergman yeah so the fact that he had the chance and didn't 
signals to the rest of the crew that something's up. And then also now you got Johnny jumping on top of him and making out with him. And then he says, just let it happen. Just let it happen. Which is a quote from Dumb and Dumber when the guy uh, passes out from eating too much peppers at the at the uh, at the burger stand or whatever. And then um, Jim Carrey's feeding him pills, but the pills are rat poison. Um, and he goes, pills are good. So he's, he's, by the way, quoting Dumb and Dumber is the oldest thing that Johnny Bananas has done in, in this <laughs> challenge in a few seasons. I'll, I'll tell you that. Then we get interviews from Corey and Melissa and they're like, wow, Wes and Johnny seem to be working together, which is just kind of an odd choice on production when we at home already know that they're working together. Um, it's like, this should have been in, I don't know, the first episode maybe. And then, so basically the house has voted Jay in, uh, with that Wes swing vote and Johnny immediately goes over after Ashley. Your plan didn't work, Ashley. And then Johnny and Ashley start yelling at each other. Ashley has a meltdown. They both leave later in the night. Everyone's dressed up and they're going out on the town. They're leaving the bunker. We didn't even know this was an option. Also, is it Halloween? Is that why everyone is dressed up? That is what I think is it happening. It must be Halloween. You see like two pumpkins like stacked on top of one another at some point in this scene. Yeah. Everyone's dressed Halloween. up. Not everybody. CT didn't dress up. He didn't? Nah, not everybody. Anissa didn't dress up. They dressed nice, but they didn't dress up. They went out on the town. They're at a bar. I didn't. We Tori didn't... played like it was like a tree. She like had like a bunch of twigs and branches that she like held. <laughs> she was like That's a tree. Funny. It was kind of funny. Yeah. I didn't notice that. It 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 revealed to us though that they can leave. I know. Now we know they can just leave and go to the bar. I, I an initially I was like, this sucks. I don't like that. But but then it again, did. It is a necessary plot point to um, you know drumming up some drums. Um, Johnny has a pack of cigs rolled up in his shirt. Maybe that was his costume. Maybe it wasn't. He could have been a greaser. Mm -hmm. He could have been a greaser. Then we have, we see Johnny and Wes having a little conversation at the bar. They say we're challenge official. They are, they are now challenge official, which I like, which is they've come, it's a coming out party for this, uh, alliance. Uh, it seems like everybody now knows and they don't care that everybody knows. And Johnny has like a really sort of like half drunken sort of, almost half teary-eyed like conversation with Wes where he goes, listen, man, I just want to say like the fact that it's not only that you voted, uh, you didn't vote for me, but it's when you didn't vote for me because that really could have turned the tide. That was a pivotal vote. And, um, and, and I really appreciate it. Now I know that I can trust you. I get, you know, and he goes, he goes, I, and then he says something that is like so romantic, which is like, what does he say? Did Wes, you write this down? I Wes wanna... said, Johnny said, thanks for not saying my name. And Wes said, I only want to say your name once and then smile forever. Is that what he said? He said something like, you didn't write this down. I thought this was very important. No, I wrote very down weird challenge official. Um, He says, he says like, I want, he goes, he goes, I, when I think of your, when I, when I think of your name, I only want to smile. And the best way to do that is if we win together. That's what Wes says. I mean, yeah, it's like really like something lines. from like the notebook or something. Like yeah. it's 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 really a, a romantic feeling that they seem to be having for one another here. It's fun because they both know how to play their character and uniting has given their characters a different, a, another layer, which is fun to watch them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, they can't, neither of them can hook up with gals in the house, so they might as well have a bromance. 
Yeah, I mean, they and they just hooked up with each other over at the, the vote. So. That brings us to D and J making out, getting hot and heavy in the bar. Rogan is watching. Yeah, I guess Rogan sort of sees it. I mean, the whole thing here is D's like, yeah, I want to make sure Rogan sees this. I can't do it. No, no. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, Rogan guessed he, he does see it. And you know what? To D's uh, credit, it does get Rogan all hot and bothered with the fact that he's pissed off that it's happening in front of in front of him. Now we know Rogan cares. Now we know Rogan cares. Back at and the bu- oh, go he ahead. does say he's like, don't worry, because tomorrow either I'm gonna knock him out, and if I don't knock him out, CT's gonna knock him out of this game. Back at the bunk, Rogan is upset. He's leaving the bunks because D and J are kind of canoodling in there. He's leaving. He's going to go sleep somewhere else. D follows him out. They are fighting. It's just a, a quick back and forth of yelling. Nothing really to report. And then the next scene we see is Rogan and CT go outside, I guess, to have a smoke. We don't really see them having a smoke. Rogan's wearing a faux fur coat, and he looks like he is auditioning for the movie Fight Club. Do you know that that's faux fur? I don't, but I'm guessing it is because he looked wet and sweaty and stinky. And I would think if that was my coat, um, I wouldn't let him put it on. Right. So if it was real fur. Yeah, it's like we find out that you can get out of this bunker really easy. They just came from the bar. Yeah. And then just to have like a little conversation, they went outside of the bunker. And I'm like, how locked down is this bunker, folks? Exactly. During this scene between Rogan and CT, Rogan explains uh, to us in interviews why he calls CT Pops. It's a little bit of a mix between friend, dad, and brother. Yeah. Um, And then Rogan is, is, his whole point to talk to CT outside is like, Okay, you got to put me in against Jay. I want to go in and I want to be uh, not you're you're in charge of the tribunal, CT. Put me in against Jay. Let me take him out. Here's the thing. All the men want to go in against Jay cuz they all think he's a layup. Okay? So everyone is trying to get that red skull. They all think Jay is their ticket to the red skull. I have a theory. Let's hear it. My theory is that Rogan really doesn't care that much about D. Agreed. Okay. I he's believe using this opportunity. He's decided that this is a way to make to get his his skull in an easy way. And he's also like, maybe I can swing this in an emotional way by talking to my friend CT and being like, you got to let me in here. Cause clearly yeah. like, look, I have a vendetta against this person now and I need to be the one to knock him out when real. And he's only using this based on the fact that it might give him an upper hand if CT throws him in, but also having everybody being like, oh yeah, you think that you earned your skull? You went up against Jay. He's like weak. Why didn't you go up against one of the other guys? And it's like, well, no, I'm not weak. I had to do that because he was making out with my ex-girlfriend. And so it was for my own honor that I had to do that. It's not that I wanted to choose him because he looked like a mark, like a layup. I would never do that. I'm very strong. Yeah. But I had to, my hands were tied. That's you know? a great point because throughout this episode, we got a lot of interviews with rogan being like people don't think i want to go into elimination but i really do i really do guys and this one specifically because i feel like i could beat this guy but not really it's because i'm upset it's emotional also like a lot of of the women on the show it seemed to either be in interviews or just kind of group conversations being like all the guys want to go in against jay because they think they can beat him and like kind of talking about that like that's a weak looking move yeah um so this kind of gets it's a get out of weak move jail free card by saying like no he made out with my girlfriend so it's like now i have to you know rogan's playing the cards he was dealt 
Let's be real. So that brings us to the tribunal. They're sitting down. They're deciding the three people they want to call in. CT, again, he wants first option. He wants to be able to say, I'm going in. And, and Swaggy and Bailey are like, yep. Swaggy wants to bring in Nelson. CT wants to bring in Rogan because of their talk last night. And then CT also throws out the name Bear because he loves the attention. That's when we get the line from, we see their names go up on the board, and then we Corey looks and sees Nelson's name is up there, and that's when we get the line from Nelson, I mean from Corey, where he goes, Nelson is making my life a living hell. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the interviews, the um, the tribunal interviews. Barrick, it's just kind of, his. he's up first. He just sort of brings up Kayla. Um, okay, I, so Bear is like decided like, okay, I got to get, I got to make sure, solidify myself that I have some sort of a storyline in this show throughout. I'm just going to, anytime I get a chance, I'm going to mention Kayla's name, even though I'm not seeing that from the, uh, I'm not seeing that from Kayla at all all. on this show. He just knows that he can manipulate storylines by just being like, yeah, I'm in love with Kayla for some reason. So Kayla, 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 Kayla. And then it's just like, now there's a storyline and it's worked. There's no reason for us to be seeing Bear at all yet on this show, but we're seeing him once or twice an episode with a Kayla soundbite. I feel like this is a complete a uh, um, uh, plan from the get, from the jump, for Bear to be like, I'm going to pick one person and I'm going to have that person be like my romantic interest so I can make sure I get my foot in the door storyline-wise in this show. I don't think he's that calculating. I think he is. I think he's very smart and I think he knows how to do this show very well. Okay. But also something that he says in this thing is he's like, I, I don't want to go in. <laughs> and he's talking about, you guys should put in Nelson because of the way he yelled at Kayla. I didn't like that. And also he's a dumb. So if it's a puzzle, put Nelson in. Yeah, if it's a puzzle, put him in. Like, I thought that was very funny. But he was also like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Don't that- put me in. I want to stay here. I don't want to go in yet. That brings us to the Nelson interview. Really, the only thing to take away from this is that Nelson says, I'm known for eliminations. Now, you know I'm known for eliminations. <laughs> Are you, Nelson? The, the idea, the, 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 the grandiose uh, uh, ideas he has about himself on this show and his legacy is incredible. He's known for eliminations. I love him, man. He's like used to be a fucking good guy. Now it's like <laughs> not playing. He's not Mr. Nice Guy anymore. Um, this is, uh, you know, I don't want to call him an idiot cause somebody already no. did, but he, <laughs> he's not an idiot. <laughs> he's, he's just hilarious. He's I really hilarious. do like him. I really do. Um, then we have a Rogan interview and Rogan's interview is like, despite once again, despite what people think, I'd like to go into elimination and you know, the whole D thing and like, get me in there. Okay. That takes us to a commercial. And when we come out of the commercial, Jay and Rogan are arguing in the common area and Fessy is watching in the background. And I don't know, Fessy felt like all of us kind of like looking over his shoulder. Um, this Jay and Rogan back and forth. It's fun. It made me like Jay. I, I like, I like Jay. It's not fun, Ash. I would say this is not fun. This is like, Ooh, this is like a really sort of a tough one to watch, in my opinion. Oh, interesting. I found this. I found this entertaining to watch. Oh, I completely thought this was entertaining, and that's what I meant by fun. But entertaining. What, what was happening here is Rogan was basically just being sort of verbally emasculated by a much smaller man, and I felt Rogan's sort of. I felt that there for him, in a way that the way Jay was just like, "Fuck you, get out of here. I'm not afraid of you. I don't give a shit." you know like, jay look says at you. to rogan i'm gonna do my best to make sure you never go in yeah and you could tell rogan was like i shouldn't be allowing this guy to speak to me this way but i don't know i don't have any other course of action 
Now, this is what I mentioned to Ashley, and you did agree that I kind of feel like Rogan is a real sort of timid puppy dog that's like kind of under all of this sort of muscle. Rogan's got a real darty eye, back and forth kind of vibe going on. All Jay had to do was kind of stand his ground, and all of a sudden, Rogan seemed to kind of put his tail between his legs a little bit. Yeah, he seemed unsure of himself. And this is kind of why I like Rogan a little bit. He does seem kind of sweet. In a way, like I'm sure he's awful with in relationships. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm not gonna say this guy's a saint, but I also don't feel like he's like the most like like alpha like douchebag guy. He, he just doesn't, doesn't seem like a psychopath. No, and no. he kind of fe- he kind of seems a little sweet, and in in the two ways of sweet, where it's just like he's a nice guy, but also it's like he's not. He's, he's a little a, soft. He's a little soft. <laughs> he seems a little soft. He seems soft. He seems he's got some big muscles that are meant to make you think he's not soft i'm sure he could crush most of the guys in that in that in that room physically if you got into a wrestling match with him i'm sure he's he's incredibly strong um and i don't know that i just don't know that he's that tough you know what i mean like and so i kind of feel like jay's a little scrappier and probably had to fight a lot more growing up yeah just because he maybe was undersized i don't know how tall the guy is um so but he in this situation he's definitely undersized and i just really enjoyed jay's energy here okay i've got something to say and it i want to say i enjoyed this because jay is the underdog theoretically and him speaking up to rogan like this was entertaining to watch this reminds me of why i did not like the johnny bananas ashley thing and that is because ashley is the underdog she doesn't sure you can make the argument that she's won more money she's a better competitor she doesn't have a built-in alliance like johnny does in this game she is the underdog she's weak and she is without her people like i said all of her main alliance people aren't in the house she doesn't really have anyone there and so johnny going after her felt like you know the big dog going after the little dog i don't like watching that i do like what is happening here with jay and rogan i give ashley more credit than i think you do i feel like she is the big dog she doesn't have any of her alliance in the house she seems seems like everybody's her alliance no her main alliances are not in the house i do not want to argue about this anymore okay i just like jay i want to just say take this moment to say that rogan is better tv than joss r.i.p he's not dead but he'll probably never be on the show again um, that brings us to eliminations. Uh, Casey, we finally get an interview with Casey where she's explaining what she sees on the purgatory floor, which is ropes, chains, and bunkers. We don't know what this elimination will be. TJ brings Jay in. Come on down. And he goes, tribunal, who's it going to be? The tribunal is CT, Swaggy, and Bailey. And that's when CT unzips his hoodie. Oh, shit. Pops gonna, is coming down. It's going to be me, Tej. Um, CT runs down. He's going to challenge um, Jay. We learn that this elimination is called Take Shelter. Barricade a bunker. Each one of you has a bunker to barricade with uh, ropes and chains and piles of cement uh, building blocks and sandbags. And you have 20 minutes and then you will go to the other person's bunker and you will have, you will race to break into the bunker. The door has to be completely open and then you turn on the light inside the bunker. This is a pretty cool elimination. I kind of liked this. I enjoyed it too. I, it's the best one we've gotten so far. The first two were st- com- more, the biggest duds of all Soup time. Studs. Now, at this point, we find out from some sound bites from Jay 
that like CT is his idol. He's given us the 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 poly treatment as far as like what he's saying about CT and about how he grew up watching the challenge and grew up watching CT. I grew he, up watching him. Yeah. You get the crown for this. You get the crown forever. He is really pumped that he's going up against CT. He calls him his idol. He calls him his idol. I mean, I was not expecting this from Jay. I really was not. I loved it. But I enjoyed it too. I don't know why. Why do I like that he's saying this? But when Paulie said it, I was like, oh my God, that's horrible. Like, why? <laughs> Am, is it because Paulie was an outlier? Like, I hadn't heard this before and it just hit me weird. And now that I'm accepting of the fact that there are people on the show that looked up to CT and other of these vets, uh, and now it's just me, it, it, it's not as shocking. And I can actually let it register in a real way where I'm like, that is kind of cool. When I saw Paulie for the first time, it was just weird and foreign. And I'm like, what? Why? are you saying this that makes you look bad but now everybody's calling the guy pops and like ct has actually fallen into this role of just like figurehead you know um maybe it's easier for me to digest or is it the fact that everything that paulie does makes me ill and i kind of like jay i don't i don't know um i'm not too sure but i did find this endearing and at this point i'm pulling for jay in this at, at this point I'm pulling for Jay. I'm pulling for Jay just because of the drama he's bringing to the house. Yes, he's clearly bringing more drama, but he's won me over, and now I'm pulling for Jay in this elimination at this point. So we um, we see two very different strategies happen during this uh, elimination. We see CT who lets who reminds us. He says, "You know, I can tie a knot." We see CT barricading the door with a lot of um, intertwined ropes, thick and, ropes, and chains and very heavy things. He's he's putting a lot of ropes and chains on this door. He spends most of his time doing that, while Jay just puts a couple of chains and then he starts piling heavy things in front of the door. So CT's strategy is to make a knot that can't be undone. And Jay's strategy is to put so many heavy things in front of the door that it wears out CT that by the time he gets to the chain, he'll be too exhausted. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, well, Jay... CT's just going to rip all those things away, and then he's going to have your little dinky chains to get through. I know. I was like, been good knowing you, Jay. Yeah, and that seems to be how everybody feels um, watching this as well on the actual challenge. Everybody's just like, they feel bad for Jay. Yeah, everybody watching him is like, oh, Jay, what are you doing? So we get to the point where they're actually uh, starting to rip each other's stuff down, and it does seem like CT is kind of picking up all the cinder blocks real quick and just throwing them away. He starts smashing them yeah, together. smashing them down so he doesn't have to, like— uh, like get the ropes that jay had fed through the cinder blocks i mean it's some smart stuff and you're seeing jay and i don't know jay seems to be just working on these knots and it and and from what we can see does not look like he's making any progress yeah the knots seem too much Um, too tangled and then you get an interview from ct where he's like i am starting to slow down a little bit you know i'm feeling like i'm slowing down like maybe that these bricks and, and heavy cinder blocks are uh helping um jay make up some time here And then you start to see CT get all of the stuff away and he starts to pull the door open. Now, you have to get the door fully open before you go in and hit your buzzer or whatever to win. So he's got it open like a quarter of the way and you're like, oh shit, he's just going to rip through this thing and it's over. Well, there are chains, yeah, still keeping the door. Yeah, they're chains, but it looks like he could pop the chains. It does, You know, it doesn't, they don't seem that thick. And you, you look at Jay and Jay's got all of his cinder blocks away and he's just working on these big ropes, but he's not pulling the door open. And so you're like, man, CT's just going to take this. And then in one fell swoop, he just 
undoes a knot and he starts opening the door and you can see everybody who's watching this in the purgatory uh, bleachers like going, oh shit, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Jay pops the door open all the way, goes in, wins, eliminates CT in episode three of the 35th season of the challenge total madness. Whoa. It was incredible. I It was such a twist. And as a viewer, I was on the edge of my seat. Hate to see CT go, but I love an unexpected turn, y'all. Jay says in his exit interview, it was sick, dude. <laughs> it was sick, dude. He he looks at CT, he hugs him, and he says, I, this he was says my, this I, is a dream. This is, no, I think he said, I dreamt this. Oh. Or this was my dream. Yeah. Something like, it was not like, this is a dream. It was like, no, this was a premonition I had or like a dream I had coming into this was beating you in this thing. Oh, I thought it meant like this was a dream of mine. Ah. This was a goal of mine. M- yes, maybe. I don't know, but it's very sentimental. And then CT goes, don't make a weird dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't make a weird bro. Don't make a weird bro. Jay says, dude. CT doesn't seem too disappointed uh, uh, losing here he's I'm, taking it like a like a real ct's a great champion. sportsmanship sportsman well when he got two seasons ago on, oh, on yeah, the world you're right. Worlds one on like the first episode yeah he did not take it because it was it was not his fault for going in yeah ct threw himself in on this yeah so he's got no one to be upset than, him, than himself and so then, as, then yeah as he's walking away i don't know if he's walking i would say he's, he's hobbling he's He's hobbling away. He says, if anyone sees my back in there, send it to Miami. Okay, so he's either putting this on to make it seem like he got hurt or more likely is he threw his back out while trying to pick up these cinder blocks and stuff. And honestly, that might have led to the fact, uh, uh, brought us to the reason why he is not upset for leaving. Like if you if you throw pull a muscle in your back, you can't compete on this show. No. It's like you're bedridden. It's so over. he's probably like, well, it's over for me. He also says on his exit interview where he's like, uh, honestly, I, I don't think I can keep coming on these things and not not actually working out for Doesn't them. Doesn't he say that a lot though? Isn't he always like whenever he, he leaves, last year. he's like, you'll see me. I'm going to work out. I'm coming back. Yeah, but he won last year, so yeah. he didn't have to say it. But I mean, he really. Not only did he have the dad bod going, he didn't look. He just didn't look like he was working out at all. Like yeah. he just kind of looked like he just showed up on yeah, this one. He did. I mean, he just made a bunch of money. You yeah. know, now he's back. You know, so I would like to see him put in some time, get back into shape, and that'll be exciting for him to come back. But more compelling was Jay's interview at the oh end. Oh, my here. God. The man started crying. It was intense. I mean, it was real tears, too. You it could tell it, tears. like, hit him with a wave of, like, oh, fuck, I'm crying now. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, man, I can't believe it, man. You know, it was yeah. like, it was, and honestly, I love, I ate up every minute of it. I Same. thought it was great. I like Jay. I like Jay's Jay. my new favorite. This episode ends with um J- uh, with TJ telling everybody they need to pick it up. <laughs> Come on, guys, you got to pick it up. You just saw CT go home. What the fuck? That's not good for ratings. It pick made it up. me laugh. TJ always has to be telling them that they're not doing enough. That's just that's the way T- TJ. That's his that his is coaching. That's how his coach. You're never gonna please him. You're not. If you please him, then then he's dying because like you, you, he always wants you striving to be greater. Um, honestly, good episode. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, and honestly, I'm a J fan now. So there you go. That's what happened in this episode. CT's gone. I hate to say it, but I'm not too disappointed. I kind of feel like Jay is giving us way more energy right now that I'm looking forward to uh, watching on this season, the challenge. And now that he's take, he's got two skulls and he's taken out CT in this game. It's like, is he going to be a target? I don't think so. 
I think people are going to leave him alone for a little bit because I think I they're like, so. they're not going to chance this guy. He's got the momentum going into this thing and uh, we'll see what happens. But he, you know, he's definitely going to survive another episode because it's a, it's a ladies uh, elimination week next week. So there you go, folks. That has been the show. Thank you for listening. Do us a favor, rate us five stars on the Apple podcast app. Um, write a little nice review for us. It helps us uh, to be seen a little bit more on this uh, on this crazy podcast world. Um, also, you can uh, email us if you'd like at realityblowspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us, you can follow us at realityblowspodcast on Instagram, at realityblowspod on Twitter. You can follow Ashley at Ashley B. Roberts on Twitter, and you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Maritato. That's N-I-C-K-M-A-R-I-T-A-T-O. And as always, let the TJ tell you to pick it up. And let let Jay go far in this game. I'm, I'm enjoying him. I did not think I would based on his ex on the beach uh, stuff, but I am enjoying him. All Bye. right. Bye. Bye.